When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Instant Analysis on the YouTube and podcast homes for BamaOnline.com. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BOL. Immediately after the Alabama Crimson Tides SEC opening win over the Ole Miss Rebels, Saturday afternoon at Bryant-Denny Stadium in Tuscaloosa, the Crimson Tide gets it done behind a strong second half. Game that had a little bit of everything, right? A little bit of everything that I think Alabama fans had seen through the first three of the games in it three games anyway, you saw into the fourth game as well. Some of those not so favorable, but certainly, again, a strong finish to the performance. Bob checking in here. We have the live discussion. If you'd like to jump on board with us, you are more than capable of firing comments or suggestions at us. We'll gladly accept those as we move throughout the program. But, again, not how much how you uh, get going, I guess, but how you finish uh, and Alabama uh, took care of business when it mattered most there in the second half. Doesn't mean there still isn't a lot to clean up for this football team, especially on the offensive side of the ball. But I'd say that was certainly more along the lines of the blueprint that a lot of us anticipated for Alabama offensively going into the season early in the game. We saw it with Jalen Milrow more in the way of design runs. Not a great variety, but at least some situations where you get the extra blocker and you get him going downhill. Uh, you still saw some coverage issues for Jalen when it comes to trap coverage. I know Nick Saban in his post-game news conference said he mentioned the trap. And he also said, well, I don't think you guys would really know what I'm talking about. Well, if you watch Second Watch at BamaOnline.com after that Texas game, we we showed you what trap coverage is. And Jalen threw it into it once again, this time for an end zone interception. But talked about this throughout the week as far as the reassertion reinsertion of Jalen Miller at the quarterback position. Explosive play potential is a big part of that. Yes, you don't like the mistakes. There's still some fundamental flaws to his game when it comes to throwing into the kind of coverages that have produced the three interceptions he's thrown to date this season. You don't like that at times he gives up on protection, goes out the side door when there's a pocket to work with. Some of that's understandable, because he has gotten pressure when he's tried to stand in there. So quarterback gets enough heat. I don't care who it is. They're going to start to see ghosts in the pass rush and start to get out of favorable protection issues when they don't have to. You don't like that he holds on to the football and takes some sacks from time to time. And that was a real issue for the Alabama offense there in the first half. Nine tackles for loss for Ole Miss. But when you sat and thought about it at the half, you're thinking, where did Ole Miss really win up front? are in one-on-ones that would lead to that type of tackle for loss production. And a lot of it was unforced, unforced issues for the Alabama offense. But give special teams and certainly the defense a lot of credit. Uh, Held things down just long enough until the offense could get it going there in the second half. Explosive pass plays from Jalen Milrow to Jermaine Burton. How about that adjustment on the football there in the third quarter? Looked like Jermaine was running a flag route. You know, running it back to the corner, Jalen throws the post, but Jermaine makes the adjustment looking back into the sun 
and comes up with a huge grab. What about Jalen Hale, the emerging true freshman on the outside at the wide receiver position? Not only goes up in the end zone and gets the football, but the strength in the hands to hang on through the catch for the score. Big, big plays in the second half. Now, we talked about how Alabama would need a mix of both when it came to the passing production and the rushing production, and that was the sort of mix you got there in the second half. Run the football, run the football, hit some explosive, and give Jalen some credit too. I thought after the interception, we at least saw him try to come down to the tight end, uh, hit Robbie Oots, who made a hell of a catch. How about that athletic grab? for Robbie Oots there in the second half. He goes up. That was a dangerous throw in the middle of the field, but Oots made it good. Uh, We also saw Jalen try to get down to the back a time or two. It's probably not happening at the the rate that Tommy Reese would like, but at least there were signs that Jalen learned something from the first half. And when you look at his numbers, uh, you got more than a push with Jackson Dart. Now, I think a lot more was probably placed on Jackson Dart, and give the Alabama defense a lot of credit. Made life extremely difficult for the Ole Miss quarterback. Um, you know, by the end of the game, Alabama had 10 tackles for loss. One of the things I thought would be a stat to keep an eye on in this game were carries by the quarterbacks. I thought Jalen Milrow needed more of them. I thought Jackson Dart was going to get plenty because we've seen him do that throughout his Ole Miss career. And Alabama did a super job on Dart and the run game in general. And you got to remember, Quinshot and Judkins a year ago, in this game really, really put up some big numbers on that Alabama defense in 2022. Uh, Very nice job of limiting him and the Ole Miss running attack to under 60 yards. And at the end of the day, that's really what Lane's offenses are predicated on. Have to be able to run the football. And it's nice, isn't it? When you have guys at corner like Kool-Aid McKinstry and Terion Arnold, and then you got Malachi Moore at the star position, Those guys continue to play at an exceptionally high level, not just in terms of coverage, but what I like most about those guys, if you try to work the perimeter game like Lane likes to do with those jet sweeps, it's not going to be easy, you know, getting edges on guys like Kuwait and Arnold and uh, also Malachi. And that's before you talk about the outside linebackers who played great once again today in the win over Ole Miss, carried over that performance from South Florida. When you talk about Dallas Turner, Chris Braswell, you get inside. I thought Tim Keenan was especially active from start to finish while he was in there. Jaheim Otis did some good things as well. I thought as the game moved on, you saw Lane start to try to get some matchups on Jalen Key, the safety, and they were successful in doing some of that in the second half. But overall, Stellar performance from that Alabama defense. Again, really a blueprint type of performance for this team right now. It doesn't mean this team and this offense doesn't have a ceiling that it can still ascend to. It just means for right now, in September, this is the way Alabama has to win football games. And that's before you get into the special teams and Ja'Cory Brooks. I didn't have Ja'Cory Brooks blocking a punt in 2023 before he'd catch a pass. Uh, but that's the way it played out. Ja'Cory also had a reception in the game, but he had the big block. And then you're thinking, first and goal at the one, going to punch this baby in. And uh, it was kind of a summation of the first half, though. The shotgun snap goes awry. Uh, the possession goes from the one back to about, what, the 22 or so. And Will Reichard 
cashes in on a couple of field goals. James Burnett really good once again. Brooks with the block punt. Jam, uh, Jam Miller with a huge hit. Now, I didn't I didn't have Jam Miller as being the next Reuben Foster on kickoff coverage. And unfortunately for Jam, his big hit got him ejected uh, for a targeting penalty. And it's not just the second half of today that Alabama missed him, but it'll also be the first half of the game in Starkville next week against MSU. Uh, so Justice Haynes perhaps becomes a bigger issue, a bigger possibility uh, going into uh, going into MSU. We're going to get to some of the comments here in just a minute. We got David Hammonds checking in. We got John Davis checking in. I agree, John. Defense was lights out. Um, David also says that Deontay going out uh, scared the heck out of him, uh, but he thought the young guys played great, and that platoon continued on, right? Deontay goes out. Here comes Jihad Campbell. Kind of thinking it might be Trez and Jihad Campbell for the rest of the game, but you continued to see Kendrick Blackshire in there. So um, still working multiple guys in there, and that's where playing guys like Alabama has – should be beneficial because if you lose one of those top three or four guys, you should feel a lot better about plug and playing with what you have left. So still some things, again, this was by far uh, a, a perfect performance, but it was good enough. And you know, Alabama in the second half did what a team with the better roster should do. And that starts up front on both lines of scrimmage. And it was Alabama running the football with Jace McClellan. Jace now, in the second half of the last two Ole Miss games, been really, really good. He goes over 100 yards in the game on Saturday. He had 59 rushing yards in that decisive second half in Oxford last year. So uh, he likes Ole Miss a lot better than he did in this game, obviously, two years ago when he had the, the knee injury. So let's get into some of the comments here. Let's see what you have to say here on instant analysis, and I agree, David, Jalen Hale is going to be a big-time player for Alabama. I've talked about it in some of the practice watch-along stuff at BamaOnline.com, and I don't want to put this much on him this early, but it's hard for me to look at Jalen Hale and not think a little bit about Devontae Smith. The body type is similar, and then as he showed you in the back of the end zone, how many times had you seen that from Devontae Smith in the past? The ability with the hands, the strong hands that belie the makeup maybe physically when you look at a guy. And he also ran that over route there in the first half. That was a nice ball from Jalen. Uh, need to credit Jalen with that as well. And that is a bread and butter route in Alabama's offense. They have to be able to execute that deep over route. And they were able to do it with uh, Jalen Hale. Let's move on here and uh, talk about some other comments that we have. A lot of love for Jalen Hale here in the comments this evening. Um, Paul Witt checking in here. We heard most of camp about the wide receivers having drops, but they keep catching what's thrown to them. Bright spot. Absolutely. Not just Jalen Hale, Paul. You're right on it. Um, it's a situation where uh, the consistency has been there. I, I like some of the little things I see from some of these wide receivers, too. Do you see Kendrick Law today? He catches the little outcut over by the Ole Miss sideline. He's about two yards short of the first down. But you know what Kendrick Law doesn't do? He doesn't go out before the sticks. He goes and gets the first down. So uh, that's some things that you've seen from Alabama receivers. Dynamic. First-round pick Alabama receivers in the past. So 
there's no reason why guys in this group uh, shouldn't do it as well. David Hammond's here. Dallas Turner was great. He really was. Uh, I thought Chris Braswell was as well. When they get their edges, Alabama gets their edges playing at that level. And again, I consider the corners in Malachi to be in that group because a lot of times you'll look at some formations. You got two corners, you got Malachi up at the the star position, and then you got those outside linebackers. And you knew it was going to be an important day for guys like Braswell and Turner because Lane's going to keep you in that – that nickel package and you got to have the strength to play the run Braswell adding that weight and that bulk seems to have helped him. He doesn't seem to have lost uh, much. If anything, perhaps he's gained power in the pass rush because you saw him on one of the plays today. He used that long arm to kind of give himself a chance to get into position um, to, uh, to make a play. Yeah, there was too, with that offensive line, you talk about that situation, really, tackle guard um there was some changes going on throughout the game um Terrence Ferguson was injured as we saw um and I thought they played through it well um they they did a nice job I I I think uh you know with Caden Proctor there's gonna continue to need to be some patience I liked what Tommy Reese did early in the game and we'd seen this in the previous three games too with 12 personnel but putting it over there with Caden Proctor you know, doing some things that allow him to have some early success, which could certainly impact his confidence level. And it starts with the run game uh, with Oots and, and Dupree. And we still see Amari Nyblack some and a little bit of Danny Lewis now. But uh, today they came out early with that bigger personnel, especially with Dupree and Oots in that 12 and, and helped that offensive line, I think, from the outset. So, a lot of good stuff to come from the win, probably more so intangibly. Uh, Nick Saban talked about belief, and while that is important, you have to support that. You have to support your belief in yourself and each other, your teammates, with how you actually perform. You know, it's one thing to talk about believing in a guy or believing in yourself, uh, but until you actually had the production to support that, that's more hope than it is belief. At that, at that point, and I think uh, David Hammonds hits on this too. He thought Kool-Aid and Terry and Arnold were awesome in the game. I have no doubt about that, man. Those guys are playing at a high level. You know, Terry uh, in, in the last couple games, I think, since the Texas game, we talk about taking lessons and applying it to your game, and it seems like he has done that. He got challenged on a couple of those back shoulder throws, and, you know, it's interesting when we go through – the practice watch along because we'll watch some of these individual drills that seem rather benign, right? It's like, well, they're just getting loose. No, every drill that Alabama implements in a practice typically has some crossover to game situations. And so this last Tuesday we were watching, you know, some of the, the corners working with uh, practice squad type wide receivers and, you know, taking their cues from the receiver's shoulder to their eyes and then getting their shoulders open and their head around on some throws. And what we were watching Tuesday absolutely had back shoulder throws in mind. And you saw Terry and Arnold take those concepts and employ them on the field. That's always cool to see that, uh, no doubt about it. Here we've got John Davis checking in. Holding Ole Miss to 10 points is a great accomplishment by the D. It looked like Tim Smith was getting some inside pressure too. 
five total sacks by the defense. Yeah, I thought all those guys were – when you talk about Smith, you talk about Keenan and Otis, they were at least pushing the pocket. I thought Keenan was starting to beat some double teams. Uh, I thought Keenan had a pressure on one play where you also saw Jaheim Otis with some tremendous athleticism in chasing Dart into the Alabama sideline. So I I did take away from this game some some improvement. I don't think there's any doubt about that. So defensively, I think is is where it's going to start. But uh, uh, for Alabama in this win, but again, I wouldn't discount the performances. Special teams didn't like my guy Will Reichard hitting those kickoffs out of bounds. I thought we had moved past that from a couple of years ago. You remember a couple of years ago, Will had a little bit of issue with uh, the kickoffs going out of bounds. And so uh, was thinking that maybe those were a thing of the past. But you know what? He keeps making field goals. You can live with it. Uh, and it was a bizarre situation that led up to his second one. I know Nick was asked about the what appeared to be a loss down there in the third quarter. Uh, when it turned out, it was a communication breakdown between the officiating crew and the Alabama sideline. Because as Nick explained it, the official who is primarily responsible for setting the football, for spotting the football, uh, signaled to the Alabama sideline, or at least it was their perception of the signal, that Alabama was short of the line to gain. And so Alabama runs a quarterback sneak to, in its own mind at that point, get the first down when in reality it already had. Um, and Nick said his explanation from the white hat was that the white hat had signaled first down on the play before. Nick's response to that was, well, I'm looking at the guy who spots the football, who usually makes that signal. So uh, ended up not being as important as it, it seemed like it, it might have been at the time. Um, and so, you know, that was – that was bizarre. It kind of, again, sums up Alabama football through four games. A little bit of everything. It's been exciting, right, if nothing else. So uh, the Alabama offense, uh, you, you talk about spreading the ball around. Uh, Jalen did that. Ten different receivers in the game by my count. Let me check here real quick. Yeah, I think it was ten. Ten different receivers for Alabama in the game. Jalen Hale, two catches for 63 yards. He had that over route and then the touchdown for a grab or a grab for a touchdown on the deep ball. Jermaine Burton, two catches for 62 yards. Um, C.J. Dupree, two catches for 28. C.J. with a heck of an individual effort on one of those grabs where uh, not only took a big shot on the catch, but then got some nice yardage after, uh, after the catch. So uh, not a big day for Isaiah Bond, one catch for 10 yards. Tried to go deep to him early. Uh, Jalen overthrew him by a little bit there. Looked like Isaiah was getting a little bit of separation uh, on that play. But, again, the running game, we thought it might be more Roydell Williams this week. Roydell got his touches, but, again, the hot hand, similar to what Roydell was in the second half last week down in Tampa, that was Jace McClellan in this one. And Jace goes 17 times for 105 yards, averages 6.2 per carry, you know, one of my predictions and five predictions yesterday at BamaOnline.com was that first team to 150 rushing yards and 10 chunk plays would win the game. Alabama didn't get to 150 rushing yards in, in large part due to sacks that uh, Milrow incurred in the game. 
but when you look at the the running back production for Jace McClellan, uh, you certainly you certainly can win a lot of games with what they were able to do. I think it was 109 of Alabama's 131 rushing yards came in the second half, and then you look across at Ole Miss in terms of rushing yards, just 56 yards. Uh, Jackson Dart. I thought the two quarterbacks would combine for no fewer than 25 carries. Uh, Jalen had 16. Uh, Dart had 12. I love Dart's toughness, but there's a line to it, and you just worry for that young guy that uh, some of the hits he takes. Uh, Jihad Campbell. How about the hit from Jihad Campbell right in the middle of the field today? And that was a picture-perfect form tackle by Jihad Campbell. You just wonder how many of those Jackson Dart has in him before we see Spencer Sanders for the Ole Miss Rebels. So Alabama now going to head to Starkville next week. And uh, as we do instant analysis here, uh, we know that Mississippi State is playing uh, at South Carolina. And we'll see how that plays out. It was a tough one for Mississippi State last week with Malik Neighbors and Jaden Daniels doing an absolute number on that MSU secondary. And look, if you're Mississippi State and you want to just a few quick things on State, we'll still talk about Ole Miss as well. State's front seven defensively is by far a bigger strength to the State defense than is its secondary. Marcus Banks is back there. And it's weird, isn't it? You, you, you play in these games now, and because of the transfer portal, you see at least one or two guys, it seems like, every week. Today, you saw Stephon win at defensive tackle uh, for Ole Miss. Next week, it'll be Marcus Banks in the MSU secondary. Um, Scott Lashley here in the last few years ago, you've seen with, uh, with, uh, with MSU, the offensive tackle and, uh, well, Texas. We know, we know that Keelan Robinson – the running back and and some of the other guys that have made their way over there with Sark. So um, those are the things that that you think about with Mississippi State on defense is that front seven. Uh, it is a Mississippi State offense that is transitioning away from the air raid. It has been problematic for the state offense up to this point. It is reminiscent to an old head like myself, and I've said this a few other times of what Alabama did going from 1989 to 1990 with Gary Hollinsworth. Will Rogers is kind of getting the Gary Hollinsworth treatment, it feels like, going from uh, Homer Smith and Bill Curry's offense in 89 that Gary was so uh, prolific in to more of a ground-and-pound physical approach under Gene Stallings in that first season at the Capstone in 1990. Uh, Zach Arnett is a defensive guy as the MSU head coach. So uh, some of those same attributes are in play. And yeah, John, five sacks, eight quarterback hurries. Yeah, we can talk about those defensive stats all day long. I mean, Terry and Arnold, eight tackles, six solos, an interception. Nice play on that deep ball uh, by Terry. Two pass breakups on those back shoulder throws. Shahad Campbell had seven tackles. They were all solos. Malachi Moore. Edge setting dude at that star position. Six tackles, five solos, one TFL, a quarterback hurry. How about that last blitz that, well, Kevin Steele, T Rob, a combination of everybody brought. They brought the uh they brought the double barreled safeties there on that last hit. 
on Jackson Dart and getting off the field on that fourth down. Caleb Downs made a nice pass break up there in the fourth quarter. Jalen Key with five tackles. You know, Dallas Turner, of his five tackles in the game, three and a half were TFLs, two were sacks. He had two quarterback hurries. That's some defensive player of the week in the SEC type of stuff. One of his sacks, he had a forced fumble. Uh, Kuwait with a nice game. Tackle for loss, a pass breakup. Obviously not going to get as much attention as Tarion on the other side. You had that platoon situation at linebacker with Trez Marshall and Kendrick Blackshire and Deontay, who it sounds like sounds like Deontay could be out for a little bit. Uh, Nick Saban postgame and referring to that ankle injury said he sprained it. He thought pretty good, which I don't think is good if you're thinking about maybe Mississippi State um, next week. But, you know, we talked about this earlier. It was pointed out earlier by you guys. Tim Smith, three tackles, one and a half for loss. Chris Braswell um, with a tackle and a half for loss. Uh, Tim Keenan, three quarterback hurries, man. That's huge from the interior of that defensive line. So according to the live stats, the stat broadcast anyway, four sacks, 10 tackles for loss. Here's what I like about the Alabama offense, too, on the other side. After those nine tackles for loss for Ole Miss in the first half, zero TFLs. And that, again, is with some changes taking place on that offensive line. Um, still too big of a number in the first half, no doubt about that. But again, I felt like those were mostly self-inflicted and they all weren't related to the line of scrimmage. I mean, there were some situations where Jalen's got to do a better job of getting rid of the football when he has a chance to do it. Don't get rid of the football when you're under duress and you're just throwing the ball into harm's way. But when you get out of the, out on the corner, especially if you kind of, uh, implement it, when you have protection, you got to get the ball out of bounds. And uh, the second half, though, again, it just seemed like the offense cleaned up more of that stuff. Um, I would be interested to know what what is your trust level in this offense after that first half? Yeah. John Davis said he loved that last <laughs> bliss. That wasn't a three-man rush, John. That was uh, – here come the safeties up the, uh, the A-gaps to go ahead and get off the field. I think – in terms of trust level, though, for this Alabama offense, it's still a still a work in progress. But uh, good for Jalen Milrow, hanging in there, um, helping his team get a win. He took the big shot uh, on the touchdown pass to Jalen Hale. Kudos to Ty Simpson for coming in and working through a face mask to get into the end zone on the two-point conversion. So uh, all's well that ends well, as Brock tells us here. Roll Tide finally as we're going to wrap up the latest edition of Instant Analysis. We're going to have continuing coverage for you right there with us at BamaOnline.com. Charlie Potter, Clint Lamb, Jimmy Stein, and myself from the team side of things. Big recruiting weekend with the home game. Uh, And so you're going to hear a lot about that from site publisher Tim Watts, from the veteran Andrew Bone, uh, from Joseph Hastings, Joseph Jojo on the go, Hastings, um, as as we know him these days, does a tremendous job as well. John Davis here asking if that was the first significant playing time that Jalen Hale had gotten. Um, He had played in the first three games. You know, I also saw him on kickoff coverage, uh, opening kickoff Saturday. So 
tells you the guy's a, a football player, not just a receiver, but he has played in all four games as best I can recall. Um, you know, what's been interesting is maybe some other guys like Ja'Cory Brooks haven't played quite as much, but Jalen Hale has taken pretty good advantage of his opportunity, and I don't see the targets going down moving forward for the freshman, true freshman from Texas. Again, that's going to do it for instant analysis following Alabama's SEC opening 24-10 to 10 win over the Ole Miss Rebels. Lane Kiffin just can't quite get over the hump against the uh, the old boss, can he? 7-3 game, Lane came out in that trick-or-treat formation. He's going to trick him and uh, got an illegal shift penalty. And then it was pretty much all Alabama, it seemed like, after that. Travis Ryer, thanking you once again for joining us here on Instant Analysis. Hang out with us on the roundtable, the premium message board at BamaOnline.com. And until next time, so long, everybody.